in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show that is known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris, and I'm the Father Hennessy to your John Constantine, and today we're going to battle some demons. Very very true, Chris. We're going to be listening to George Norrie's interview with Dr. Richard Gallagher from October 5th of 2022, all about Dr. Gallagher's expertise with demons and exorcisms. And Paul, why are we talking about demons today? Chris, I don't know if you know what the date is, but we've officially I... entered October. Oh, so we're, this is the kickoff of Spooktober. I want to start Spooktober with a little bit of exorcism, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way. We got to know how to get rid of the demons when we get blasted with them all this month. Very, very important. And we also got to know, hey, how do we know when it is demons, right? So we're going to get a couple case studies so that you could say, am I infected with a demon? You know, check yes or no. Yeah. Is my house haunted? Am I haunted? Is somebody in my family being possessed? And the reason why I picked this is because Dr. Richard Gallagher is no crank either. He has some serious accolades that we'll talk through. But this is not just random guy who's doing exorcisms on the side of the road like a busker, man. This guy, right. he's seen some stuff yeah. for real. He's He's been to the halls of Cthulhu. He has. Hey, but here's the thing, Chris. We're going to get to that in due time. First, we got to check in with our good friend Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim Tim! Today's article, Paranormal Festival in Louisiana Dubbed Demonic by Cadre of Concerned Residents. Oh my God, there's so much to love about this title, (laughs) dude. Are you kidding me? It's perfect to start Spooktober. Why haven't we gone to this Louisiana festival? We may have to. We may if we have listeners in Louisiana, please let us know. Yeah, let us know. We're gonna come down for a visit, get a little voodoo. We already got to meet some of our uh, Ohio listeners coming up soon. So we might as well hit Louisiana as well. Yeah. From the article, a paranormal festival in in Louisiana faced considerable criticism from a cadre of concerned residents who expressed fears that the event was demonic in nature. Dude, it's so funny. Those, those like Catholics down in the bayou, they go to demons real quick. Immediately. According to a local media report, Howard Petrie conceived of Fear Fest as a celebration of high strangeness, which would also raise money for charity in honor of his late daughter. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's really, really sweet. Nice. I kind of yeah. love that. I yeah. love when spooky paranormal people do things that both involve their interests and help society. Well, and again, as we've said, if you're honoring our ancestors, I guess it's not really an ancestor, but those who have gone on, mm-hmm. then you're at least aimed towards the the light right and not the dark so i'm gonna say this is at least aimed towards lightness a little bit if i know anything about magic it's like 95 percent intention so yeah that's that's right it's all vibe based completely vibe based i'm a chaos magician chris i'm all about the vibes 
Yeah. Despite the good intentions behind the gathering, the dark nature of the festival sparked an outcry among some of the more religious members of the surrounding community, and they subsequently set about to try to put a stop to the event. What did they do? Like burning crosses and uh, salting the earth? Is it is it that kind of religious community we're thinking about? Deep in the bayou? You better believe I guess it. Who knows? I have watched True Detective, so uh, it yeah, gets weird down dude, there. I was going to say, man, I don't know what they do in the <laughs> Cypress forests, man. Leading the charge, local reverend Daniel Brulette lamented on social media that, quote, this event promotes activities like seances, exorcisms, demonology, paranormal investigations, psychics, voodoo, and ghost hunting. Yes, 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 and yes. Well, first off, I want all of that, Paul. You want to know what also promotes exorcisms and demonology? The Bible. Catholic Church. (laughs) I'm sorry. The Catholic Church. (laughs) You know who casts demons out of people? Jesus. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a weird, the seances and like Ouija boards, if you mentioned that would make sense to me, but the exorcism thing is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's your beef? I thought he'd be into that. Oh, yeah, man. Well, and you know, that's funny because you get down to the Catholic Bayou, they do do a little bit of their own voodoo, but it's if they're voodoo, it's their voodoo. It's Yeah, right? you, you know what these rainbows do. It's not outsider voodoo. Because that's know, also... <laughs> there's some real, like, carpetbagger, scalawag kind of stuff going on here, I think. Yeah, it's just interesting to call it demonic and to be like it's promoting exorcisms because exorcisms, by their nature are getting rid of demons. Yeah, anti-demonic. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. He went on to warn his congregation that, quote, while this may seem fun or entertaining to some, these activities certainly are not in continuity with our Catholic faith and expose souls to demonic influence, which can have lasting and devastating consequences. You know, to be fair to the preacher, man, I'm thinking that he may have a point. Like, what if you start exercising all these demons they gotta go somewhere and so you just got a a town of exercise demons it it may be a concern about lack of expertise maybe like they you know people exercising you don't know how to do it you need a good priest he knows that you need a good priest yeah so so i'm just thinking like who do you call when you got a a big problem with with a demon outpouring because they start exercising everyone's demons and then you got yeah. a whole bunch of demons what do you call the epa yeah yeah i mean you got to put them in a pig and drive it off a cliff everyone knows that and if you don't do that maybe little timmy is gonna have a demon in him next you never know that's what i'm saying dude so maybe the preacher's onto something his concerns were echoed by similarly worried residents who bombarded the community center where the event was to be held and amazingly some went so far as to actually sprinkle holy water around the building it's a good precaution I don't think anyone's going to mind if you sprinkle holy water. I I wish I had some holy water to sprinkle around my house right now. Are you kidding yeah. me? Just to kind of just dash on myself, you know, in the morning. Yeah, dude. You know, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Vikings and they're always splattering blood on themselves. And I'm like, I'm not splattering anything on myself as a regular activity. It, it's just a great way to start the day. Yeah, know? dude. I mean, just like a little self-baptism might help. The campaign culminated last week at a meeting of the board, which oversees the community center, as critics of the festival pleaded with them to cancel the event. To their credit, city officials indicated that they could find no legal reason to disallow the gathering. 
Meanwhile, Petrie expressed profound dismay over the event being seen as evil, arguing that there are scarier scenes in people's front yards or even the Disney Channel during this time of year, while also assuring the public that we're not going to conjure up the devil. <laughs> Listen, man, you kind of like gotten a... He shouldn't have called it Fear Fest. I mean, that may have been... It would be like, let's have fun with Magic Fest or something like that. I don't know. Like, uh, he, he maybe went about this in the wrong way. Yeah, but that's good branding, like Fear Fest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I feel like there's been, I feel like there's a beer fest everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, like we went, we've gone to the um, that Walking Dead slash Heroes Con in Nashville. I always thought that was really fun, where people dressed up as zombies and stuff. Right, that was. I enjoyed fun. that a lot. Yeah, I, dude, a zombie walk and all those things—it's great stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff, but you got to kind of be uh, mindful of where you decide to throw these things. <laughs> Would I throw a fear fest dedicated to high strangeness where we grew up in Arkansas, Paul? Probably no. not. Yeah. But Nashville, Tennessee, good stuff. You know, <laughs> if this guy just goes to Baton Rouge or New Orleans, he probably doesn't have a problem. Although two vendors wound up dropping out of the festival due to the controversy, the pressure campaign ultimately proved to be futile. Sphere Fest was held this past weekend without any issues and presumably no one becoming possessed. I that love, we know of. I love pressure campaign, dude. <laughs> I love just thinking about this like church, just like calling up all of these vendors and being like, you better not show up to this town in Louisiana. <laughs> I love it, dude. I we am here. Want, we don't want no demons. I'm fully here for Fear Fest. I would go to Fear Fest. This is a pro Fear Fest I podcast. Fear Fest. I would go. I would go to Fear Fest. I was being a little hard on the guy, but you do kind of have to be intelligent about where you throw these things. And I hate that so much of this is dedicated to his daughter. Yeah, and he's had to deal with all this it's crap. That sucks. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing, cool. too, like, with stuff like this, where it's people who just really like spooky stuff, which is me, right? I love horror movies. I love thrillers and all that kind of stuff. Like, when you go to an event that's focused on that, everyone's just really happy and having a good time because you're sharing a passion with other people of similar right. interests. And my guess is that the vibes there were incredibly positive the whole time. Everyone was just having fun and wants to have fun. They get a little okay. scared. Well, and I I mean, how many times have we talked about this with this show, Paul? It's that there this is this is a kind of frowned upon activity. And I mean that in like all of high strangeness and conspiracy. Yeah. Right? Like it is taboo. It is something that people kind of look at you sideways when you're like, you guys want to talk about ghosts and demons? And they're like, what are you talking about? So I can kind of see both sides of it though you know what i mean where you got a whole bunch of people coming into your town wanting to talk about demons like i can kind of see the outside response but us knowing that hey sometimes it's just fun talking about demons and stuff and like learning about the esoteric knowledge of what you know thousands of years of like this kind of spiritual taboo stuff 
and learning about it and the knowledge that comes from it and the the enjoyment of discussing those things, right? I'm not sitting here and doing seances. I'm not sitting here and drawing pentagrams and and trying to bring back Asagoth, the mighty demon <laughs> lord. You know what I mean? Like, I just like reading about. It. It's kind of cool. You reading Lovecraft right now or something? A lot of H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft this in the last two days, dude. It's Spooktober. Let's go. I was going to say, I don't know if you've mentioned Asagoth on this podcast before. <laughs> I just, I literally just read The Call of Cthulhu. So yeah. I, I got all the ancient names in my head. The the Elder Gods uh, are, right. are alive and well. Uh, and that's the thing too, is that uh, it's like a bar trick almost for me where I'm out with friends and someone new will show up to the table and they're like, hey, you should ask Paul about aliens or about right. Mothman. And then I just go off and everyone thinks it's so funny. Yeah. Because yeah, I can't stop talking about it. Yeah, it's a blast. <laughs> it's 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 a funny thing, and if it, you know, if you're kind of a spiritually open person, I don't think you really care. You know, you don't really. It doesn't. It it has no more or less weight than anything else that we do in our life, right? Yeah. It's just of interest. And it's if anything, cool. it's it has less weight because it is relatively apolitical. It's like ghosts right. and demons, you know. Right. But you know what else is cool, Chris? I don't know, dude. I kind of disagree. I think at this point, a lot of this stuff is right-coded. I was doing a segue. Oh, sorry. Do you know what else is cool, Chris? Oh, what's, what else is cool, Paul? <laughs> Patreon.com slash Coast to Coast PM, where you can support the show for as little as $2 a month and get free bonus episodes. That is the number one way to support us and keep us ad-free because we all hate ads. So go on and sign up and get those free episodes dude who doesn't love content right the other way that you can contact us is c2cpmpod at gmail.com or on reddit our subreddit is r coast to coast pm and you can find chris on the subreddit and you can find me on the email and you can find both of us on patreon.com slash coast to coast pm so the interview from october 5th 2022 between george nori and richard Gallagher, or sorry, Dr. Richard Gallagher, I should say. Please, he didn't go to school for eight years to be called Mr. Very, very true. And Chris, here's the thing about Dr. Richard Gallagher. He has some serious accolades. Like, this guy's no joke. I can't wait to hear him, dude. So this is our how to get into this. Yes. Well, this is the who are you. Yeah, who and then are we'll you? get okay. into how'd you get uh, into uh, this. Okay, okay, okay. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Dr. Richard Gallagher back with us, board-certified psychiatrist, Professor of Psychiatry at the New York Medical and Psychoanalyst on the faculty of Columbia University. He graduated from Princeton University, Phi Beta Kappa, that's pretty good in classics. Trained as a resident in psychiatry at Yale University School of Medicine, the world's foremost scientific expert on the subject of diabolic attacks. He has been an active member of the International Association of Exorcists since the 1990s. Paul, my spidey sense is freaking <laughs> tingling. This dude is a spook, right? You think he's a spook? Oh, 100% a spook. What's his last name? Gallagher? I yeah. think that's actually Irish. You know, he's but, Catholic. Yeah, so uh, the Irish can be a little fashy, for sure. I'm not going to say anything about his Nazi sympathies, but I'm definitely like... Ooh. total spook nation right now we we haven't even gotten in you haven't heard this guy speak yet 
Oh, dude, I know. It was all I needed was the Yale and the Harvard or the Columbia or whatever. Yale, Princeton, and Yale, Columbia. Princeton, Columbia, and he's in charge of New York City. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's not in charge of New York City. That's he's CIA, on a board. That's CIA coded. Dude. Oh my god, hundred percent. Oh my god. All right. He's well, a bad man. Other people would say a lot of accolades, man. He's gone to a lot of really good schools for psychiatry. So he's got to have some sort of head on him, right? This dude is deep in the bowels oh of esoteric darkness, dude. I think he's just a Catholic psychiatrist, but, you know, we can Talking. all take what we want. Okay. All right. You're right. I should hear more than one clip before I make all these sweeping generalizations. Yeah, you just immediately jumped in with the spook. It's from Tomer, dude. I figured you did this on purpose. You're telling me you didn't. No, I just thought oh. he was an interesting guy. I thought we were doing like a different focus on spook. So yes, instead that's of what it know, is. spookiness, we're doing like CIA deep state spook. Yes, all deep state agents for the month of October on <laughs> Coast to Coast. <laughs> I'm here. I would be here for it. We're already off the rails. I got to reel you in. So let's let's do the how'd you get into this. Let's find out. And it was not... <laughs> he was at the farm in Langley the, or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say the CIA didn't recruit him to look <laughs> into demons. Wait, which was the farm? Is that the FBI or the CIA? I think that's the FBI. That's the FBI. That's Quantico. Okay, never yeah. mind. Thank you, Mr. Nori. Uh, thanks for inviting me back. It's always a pleasure. How did you, as a psychiatrist, get involved in dealing with the investigations of the paranormal and possessions? Well, I always tell people I never volunteered. <laughs> So I had a priest after I had finished my residency at Yale. I was working at uh, Cornell Medical College, and a priest who was one of the few exorcists in America at the time uh, came to my office and wanted me to evaluate a case um, that he told me he thought was uh, demonically attacked. And I remember saying to him, "Well, well, Father, with all due respect." Uh, you know, I just finished my, my training in psychiatry, and I'm a little skeptical of a lot of that stuff. And he said to me with a laugh, well, then you're the right man for the job. I got to know him very well, and uh, he and his colleague, among the few exorcists at the time, began to show me a lot of cases, ask my opinion. I never really volunteered for anything. I was later asked to join the International Association he wasn't talking to Malachi Martin, was he? No, no. He, okay, it, I was going to say because it lined up with a lot of what Malachi was saying. Not that I'm aware of that at all, okay. but it's. I guess it's. he doesn't name the guy, so I guess it's possible. We, I, I feel like he would name Malachi if it was Malachi. Right, yeah, no, definitely. I think you're right. It must have been a different, a different father. But I thought that was kind of cool. If you haven't listened to the Malachi Martin episode, go back and listen because he just lined up exactly what Malachi Martin said about the priest first going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist to do a, I don't know, study of the person to see if it isn't a mental illness first. Yeah, making sure that it, it actually is a demonic possession and not right. someone who's just not well you know or at least unexplainable by psychiatry right yeah. 
And that's actually the the next clip as well. So that's a perfect segue, Chris, um, is how do you actually know if the individual is mentally ill or if they're possessed? Yeah. How do you medically, how do you weigh the possibility that somebody has got a medical issue as opposed to something's really happening to them? Well, one of the reasons I get consulted is, you know, precisely because uh, psychiatrists, especially uh, doctors in general, could be psychiatric nurses and, and sometimes people like that, you know, are often in a good position to be able to rule out these diagnostic, uh, I call them counterfeits of demonic attacks, where people just imagine they are, um, you know, often suggestible individuals, for instance. Uh, and then we have to make a very rigorous, after ruling out the other possibilities, we have to make a rigorous diagnosis in itself. So you have to look for uh, a total picture, never never like one individual symptom or something, a total picture that suggests say, uh, uh, a genuine uh, attack by a evil spirit. Right. And you know, when, when you get a bunch of constellation of features in, in medicine we call it a syndrome and similar to medical diagnoses when you get the total picture that suggests uh, uh, presence of a foreign entity attacking someone that's that only then do you make the diagnosis oh my god dude can you imagine being a psychiatrist saying a foreign entity attacking the person <laughs> like that's wild yeah and that's that's also why I like this interview, because it's like the front end of what Malachi Martin was talking about, because right. he was saying how he always takes them to the psychiatrist. And this yeah. is like the psychiatrist you take them to. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, we get kind of the well, I was pretty skeptical at first. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a classic. And, and and definitely always needed. It's just a part of great storytelling. Yeah. And it, it plays with literally everything. Are you talking about aliens? Are you talking about Bigfoot? Are you talking about yeah. demons? Oh, I was, any part I was skeptical. It. I was yeah. going to disprove this. But... I was pretty skeptical that this guy was a part of the deep state spookery of the CIA <laughs> doing weird demonic programs on the American populace. But I came around to it eventually. Well, Chris, the only problem with that is that we do have you on tape immediately saying <laughs> that he's a spook. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's always going to be my problem with this podcast because it's going to be like, <laughs> you were never skeptical ever. Yeah, you, there was no skepticism at there all. There was really any skepticism. I mean, I, I was, I've been skeptical about some things, but when it comes to like demons and ghosts, my immediate thought is... <laughs> This is a demon or a ghost. It's all real. It's, it's all real. Yeah. The, and I ain't messing with it. Yeah. You don't have to convince. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. So he's he's a bit of a demon doctor, Chris. A I'm coining that doctor. term. He doesn't use that. I'm calling him that. Oh, uh, well, yeah. The demon doctor. The demon doctor. But he is also the most experienced demon doctor in human history, which I think is quite, quite fun for him. Uh, dude, Jesus. I don't know. He apparently has seen more demons than even Jesus. So, oh my God! Wow, that's a lot of demons, dude. Jesus went to hell, allegedly. Jesus went to hell. I mean, Jesus, Jesus has to go to hell to make all of it work, dude. So don't take that away from us. Okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Jesus has to go to hell, or none of it makes any sense. Sure. All right. Sure. He's already suspected of being 
you know, demonically attacked. What do your colleagues in the medical field think of your work due to this? Well, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not the only doctor or psychiatrist in the world who has done this. Right. I mean, I may, right. I may be the most outspoken. I probably have seen more, according to my former chairman, than any other physician in the world. Maybe than any other physician in history with the Zoom and True. the Internet and all that, you know. Uh, so I've been in a, a modern advantage point of being able to, you know, see these people even electronically. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in the mental health field are skeptical, and it's it's not it's sort of understandable because uh, most of us see so many, say, psychotic patients who think uh, you know a, a demon is speaking to them through hallucinations, or they see a very suggestible or delusional person who believes mistakenly that they're attacked. So they begin to generalize and think that all of you know, all of these cases, which most of which are rare enough that they've never seen themselves, are just, you know, another type of mental disorder. Uh, some people say to me, well, Dr. Gallagher, how do you feel about being out of the mainstream? And there's some truth to that in terms of my professional life. In terms of, you know, world history, people around the world, even people in the United States, one has to keep in mind that, you know, most people in history and even in the United States today do believe in evil spirits. So, Dude, for his deep state spook, I'm really liking a lot of what he's saying. Yeah, I, and I think that it, well, first off, I thought it was a little funny that he does Zoom diagnoses that's, of demon possessions. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Though, I mean, you kind of, I wonder if the demon can't, go through the electronics i you're kind of keeping a barrier a little bit that's true i feel like demons would not be able to go through electronics it does happen in good omens the demons do go into the phone system yeah but and actually you know as a part of spooktober i watched scanners recently which is a david cronenberg flick Mm -hmm. and the scanners who are are they use uh you know that's like a weird form of esp yeah can go through computer systems because they claimed that computers did have a central nervous system because it's all wired by electronics oh that's interesting so i don't know maybe i'm wrong here and maybe the good doctor is wrong as well maybe you can't be possessed through electronics yeah i just wonder how well you can diagnose a demonic possession through zoom i have i have no idea i haven't I, I've never seen a domestic, uh, a, a domestic, a demonic possession through Zoom. So it's hard for me to say, Paul. Yeah, it just it loses a little bit of its flair because you always have the image of the exorcist where the right. the priest is like the power of Christ compels you to yeah. water and like has the Bible over his head. And like just being on a Zoom call and like, hey, so, you know, you, you speak in Latin lately? Like, what's up? <laughs> right. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it's like. What are they just going to start floating in front of you and be like, I think we got a demon here, guys. Yeah. I think we got a their Super head possessed. goes all the way around and they're like, well, that's not normal. <laughs> Does he re- record the Zoom calls? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and can we get copies? Well, you know, funnily enough, Paul, I imagine not because of HIPAA violations, which is for those who don't know what HIPAA is, it's just like 
patient doctor confidentiality. Yeah, that's true. In the old timey movies, the psychiatrist always has a tape recorder, but I don't know how real that is. Yeah. Well, I, I just know for this is this is just, uh, you know, one person, but my wife has to deal with a lot of HIPAA stuff and she won't keep any notes oh. on any of her patients really? because of HIPAA. Oh, interesting. OK. Yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't record then. It's a bummer. Yeah, I, I'm thinking he probably doesn't record them, which is a shame because if he did have some actual demonic stuff, would love to see like actual video evidence of it yeah i'm not saying needs to upload it to youtube because that would be bad taste but if you want to send it our way yeah c to cpm pod at gmail.com yeah dr gallagher if you're listening let us know please so, don't send the cia after me dr gallagher i didn't mean <laughs> it you seem like a very nice man so next he goes into how he knows when it's a real possession and what some of the signs are well it's a combination of things as i mentioned it's sort of the totality there is a kind of syndrome and you have to see a very clear evidence of a foreign entity uh, influencing, taking over, controlling the, the, the person. So what are the kinds of things we're talking about? We're talking about often paranormal or what uh, the spiritual writers have traditionally called preternatural symptoms. Uh, the classic signs are, you know, uh, somebody who goes into a trance, all of a sudden they're speaking a foreign language, or someone who is in um, uh, aware of, of what we call latra. That's a Latin word meaning hidden knowledge. They are in possession of knowledge that they could not possibly have known as a human being. Or they have some kind of supernatural, supernormal strength or even movement like a levitation or something uh obviously when you get that when somebody you know is speaking perfect latin or levitating you have to realize that this is not mental illness this is a a foreign entity and that foreign entity is usually attacking the person in some very distressing way well what is the uh that uh religion the christian religion called where they like speak in tongues and stuff Pentecostal? Pentecostal, thank you. We had a Pentecostal buddy growing up, and he asked us to go to Easter Sunday with us when I was in college. And so we went to a Pentecostal Easter Sunday. It was the wildest thing I've ever beheld in my life. People were speaking in tongues, and it is a little bit terrifying when you got people jumping up all around speaking in tongues like i was like i don't know what is going on like a part of me wanted to laugh but an other part of me wanted to run out of that church immediately i've never seen it in person but i'm sure it would be terrifying so anyway so you got like people like you know speaking a different language that they wouldn't know or stuff like that now you've heard, I've heard of this before, right? Like typically somebody gets like hit on the head or something like that. And all of a sudden they start speaking in French mm -hmm. and you're like, this man doesn't know French. Yeah. So the, the brain is a weird place and it's incredible how much information is stored within it. And that's something I've always been curious about because you do hear, you know, 
people speaking in Latin or whatever, but a lot of times these folks are Catholic. So they may recognize some Latin words and they've been introduced to Latin a lot. So I think that kind of makes sense to me. And like you said, people do, it does happen where people can like speak other languages. What I'm really curious about is when people speak other languages, when they are possessed, can they actually hold a conversation? Like, are you just dropping some French phrases that you've heard? Or can you actually talk to someone in French? Because I think that would be a bit more telling. Yeah, right. Well, and again, we're in a world now where like so much have so much of us have consumed so much culture, right? Through movies, TV, books. We see these phrases, we hear these phrases. And though I couldn't like bring out any Latin right now other than like Vidi Vidi Vici or something like that. If I was in some kind of weird psychosis, I I am curious as to how much my brain could like gather different phraseology and stuff like that. Yeah, like I've watched a lot of German dramas on Netflix, which are really good. Because right. they make a lot of spooky stuff, but like I don't know how much of that I've actually grasped. Maybe I could throw out some phrases if I was like kind of losing it a little bit. Right. Who yeah. knows? Exactly. Th- yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So and 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 you know, I've taken French and I've taken Spanish. And so like and then I kind of like mix them up in this weird and I got a you know, in a weird way, and I got a voice and there's some English, and like you said. Maybe there's a little German in there and maybe there's a little Latin and people are like, oh, my God, this is like a demon language. Yeah. The interesting thing, though, is the levitation, because the levitation is one that you can't necessarily fake. But I've never actually seen evidence of a real levitation and not someone just like arching their back in weird ways. You know what I mean? Like actually floating. Is he about to tell us that he saw real levitation? Well, he basically just did. He said, if you see levitation, it's one of the signs. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I, I just right. figured, I, I don't know. I, I figured that was just more of a, well, you know, some people claim there's levitation, but he's actually seen it. I, I don't, he doesn't say like, I saw okay. someone levitate necessarily, okay. but let's, let's get into some case studies, Chris. Let's talk yeah. about what he has dealt with. Cause we got yeah. a couple of these. Julia was a, a remarkable case. I mean, that's a pseudonym and she's sort of become even famous on the internet she was a woman, a uh, relatively young woman, who uh, came to me uh, not because the two exorcists involved, these prominent exorcists I mentioned earlier, not because they were uh, confused about her being possessed. They knew she was possessed. In fact, they had already started a series of exorcisms on her. But um, she was quite ambivalent because she was a member of a satanic cult. Now, at that time, there was a lot of panic and exaggeration about Satanists. There still are, you know, a a lot of people who exaggerate the the, the ubiquity of Satanists all around the place. You know, Satanists are relatively rare. Possessions are relatively rare. But Julia was the real deal. And the uh, exorcists themselves described it to me as a -a once-in-a-century case because she had, in addition to an unequivocal possession, she had a lot of psychic powers, which, you know, she was very, very clear about. She didn't have on her own. She was not a gifted person. She says, I have these powers because of Satan. So it was a, it was, it was a truly remarkable case. All right, Paul. So this is actually lining up with me pretty hard because one of my, like, basic belief structures is that, like, you can't just get possessed. 
mm-hmm. you you almost kind of have to invite it in somehow, right? Almost like a vampire. And so it sounds like she was inviting evil entities into her life. Yeah, that's something he talks about as well, is that people don't just get possessed, like you said. Like, there has to be something going on. Uh, right. At one point, they discuss like a Ouija board or like some sort of thing where you are inviting the spirits, right? right? And it's not just like you're just walking down the street and a demon grabs you. Right, right, exactly. And so it's about inviting the presence in. And, you know, I have this kind of negativity begets negativity, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, if you're using a Ouija board and wanting to talk to your grandfather, don't really see any real problem with that, right? You know, focus on your ancestors, focus on the light. But when you go into the darkness, dude, you don't know what you're going to grab, dude. When you stare at the abyss, the abyss stares back. Yeah, and the the issue that I have with what he described is, you know, what he talks about with the case of Julie sounds like a proper, like, Hollywood satanic cult, which I am unfamiliar with any actually existing to me, it is a story that fits the priors of Catholics and certain Christians to right. say that there are satanic cults like that. There have been some mentally ill people who say they're worshiping Satan um, and they're mentally ill. And there have been a lot of kids in the 80s who were playing with pentagrams and like killed a chicken. But in terms of proper satanic cults, I'm just not familiar with any. So see to cpmpod at gmail.com if you have actual descriptions or books about real satanic cults but that started setting some flags off for me that like this was happening to the satanic panic it could have been a mentally ill person who was just saying this because it was all over the news well also i wish you would have given us a little bit more information about the psychic powers that this lady had uh what yeah or like evidence of the psychic powers that would also be helpful it would have been nice to know what specifically he was referring to like was you know could she tell the future or was she like reading people's minds or was she like moving things with her head like these are all various things that all could mean something very different right yeah he does give us a little more information about julie um because sadly she never actually completed this exorcism well you know she told me she would never lie to me i mean she wanted the uh exorcism so she was you know sort of committed to telling me the truth uh but she was ambivalent about it she wanted her cake and eat it too and eventually she she was so afraid of the cult that the cult would punish her she also claimed sort of to be in love with this uh, leader. She was she described herself as the high priestess. This was the real deal. And again, I don't I don't mean to imply that this stuff is common. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, because she was so conflicted, she eventually refused the exorcisms. So she was never and refused to reform her life. She re, she re, she never really renounced the cult, which in a way was a little bit her family, you might say, like a lot of cults. So she was never um, successfully liberated from the spirit. She called me one day about a year later and said, you know, I'd like to resume the exorcisms. And I said, why, Julia? And uh, she said, well, I'm dying. I'm dying of cancer. And uh, I told her that I would have to speak to her oncologist. Um, Unfortunately, we never heard from her again. Whoa, that got dark quick. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, don't really know what happened to her. They, they think she died, but there you go. She, the other thing I don't get is why does a high priestess of a satanic cult want to get exercised? Isn't that like the whole thing? Wouldn't you want the demons and the demon power? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's tough to say. And like you were saying, if we're just dealing with somebody with a deep mental issue, mm-hmm. some psychosis of some sort, like, I, 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 and I don't, I don't deny that she could have been running around with a cult and there may have been some weird stuff about Satan. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Yeah. It, th- this is who cults prey upon, right? People with, troubled past people with psychosis of some sort people who um are easily what's the word i'm looking for um easily manipulated manipulated yeah Yeah. and i I mean it kind of sounds like julie was just a person who was pretty easily manipulated and again there's probably like some weird munchausen syndrome here right where it's like, I got a demon inside of me. I need it exercised. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got another case study, Chris. And this, right. this is a guy named Juan. Well, Juan was a uh, an interesting character. By the time I, I met him and his, and his lovely wife, uh, he was a quite likable guy. Uh, he was possessed in part because, uh, again, as I said before, you know, number one, he had turned to evil. But number two, he had turned to some of these you know, Mexican dark cults, uh, the particular one called Santa Moyate, Holy Death. So he had he had become a very successful gangster uh, and, 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 and drug, uh, drug lord of sorts and had turned to Satan and believed that, you know, that, that's what gave him success until it didn't. <laughs> and then he got arrested. He was in jail, um, and it became clear to the uh, chaplain in the prison where he was that, you know, all this activity on his part had led to his getting possessed. He got out of jail. He applied for an exorcism, you know, in an area. That's not his real name, by the way. Again, I never use people's real names, but all these other facts right. in the book are 100 percent true. His wife told me that she she could hear him in the trance speak Latin. She knew a little Latin from, from her, you know, childhood uh, mass. She swore to me that uh, he levitated a couple of times, and he underwent exorcisms uh, after my evaluation and the the evaluation of the church, and he was successfully delivered. So that that was a happier story than the one about Julia. Uh, Paul, a cartel kingpin worshiping Satan that gets possessed is a movie we have to write. <laughs> so he wasn't worshiping Satan. He was, it was, it's Santa Morete, which is actually, this is real. This is a cult. It's Our Lady of Holy Death. That is metal, dude. That is yeah. pure metal. So it's like Catholic, Mexican, Catholic folklore is what it is. Yeah. It's dude. real. And they, they worship her a lot in prisons in mexico so that actually fully tracks with what you can uh research dude that's some santeria stuff dude yeah that would be a great movie that's a good (laughs) movie dude just like deep in the bowels of mexico and just like 
weird sacrifices going on and i'm just imagining like goat blood all over the place good stuff enormous amounts of cocaine for sure oh so much cocaine yeah. dude i'm like i mean it's like dionysin <laughs> and like i mean like bacternalia it can get dark quick man i have oh, yeah. seen what uh carnival looks like in mexico dude and yeah. it awesome this is a great story. Yeah. And that's with that one, dude, that is such a good story. I'm less skeptical. You know, I yeah. can Google that cult. It shows up. Yeah. And uh, I buy it. I just, I buy whatever that was. And it's like a large Mexican cult. Yeah. It's, I don't know how large it is, but it, it is a cult that exists for sure. That it exists a lot in prisons makes yeah. it even more terrifying. Yeah. And apparently people like, set up altars imagine- in their home too. Can you imagine what a Mexican drug prison looks like full of cartel heads worshiping the lady of death? I don't want to I don't want to imagine that. That sounds really scary. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh my god, dude. What a great what a great little piece of lore for Spooktober, dude. Yeah, Love it. It's a good one. Well, they also discussed my favorite topic ever, Chris. Ouija boards. Ouija boards. Let's go. Can an unwitting person, someone who's not dabbling with Ouija boards and things like that, can they still get possessed? Or do you have to have your guard down for some reason? Well, you have to have your guard down and kind of open yourself up in some way. There's no question about that. It's usually through evil, some kind of occultism. I mean, people, you know, people make a fetish out of Ouija boards. The, the idea behind a Ouija board is that you're summoning spirits mm-hmm. to do a favor for you. And it's sort of like joining the mafia. Once once you do a favor for the mafia and they do a favor for you. You're stuck. You know, you're stuck. They don't want to let you go. So most of these cases of serious possession are exactly that. People have opened themselves up to something that they later may regret. That's kind of an interesting way to look at it, that we're kind of dealing with the mafia here. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the godfather, right? When the guy comes yeah. in, asks, you know, yeah, Don on, Corleone on his, for a favor. Yeah, uh, yeah ask Don Corleone on his uh, daughter's wedding day. Yeah. That he, has to, he has to grant the request, right? But because he grants the request... You are now in debt to the Don. And so kind of a weird thing. I think he, and it kind of does make sense. Like just asking the spirits to respond to you is asking them to do something for you. And so even just like pulling out the Ouija board is kind of an invitation to possibly bad stuff. Oh, you just made the Ouija board even spookier. I hadn't thought of it yeah. that way. Yeah. The the mere act of interacting could tie right. you to some sort of spirit. Yes, oh. and and, yeah. and it could be positive, but you don't know. And especially if you don't know, if you don't really know what you're doing, you just pull out a Ouija board and you're like, I want to talk to a dead person. You know what I mean? Who knows what you're going to get? Yeah. It's like yeah. randomly dialing numbers on the phone you're gonna find some sickos pretty quickly yeah just imagine the white light everyone imagine the white light it should help 
All right. Well, you know, the things you could ask the uh, the demons and the spirits to do, Chris, apparently gangs use demons to get information as well, which I thought was kind of cool. I write in the book about some of this MS-13 people who summon spirits. The spirit seems to possess them for a temporary period. They give them the name of snitches and stuff like that, although they, although evil spirits characteristically lie as well. So, you know, you can't really rely on them. On the other hand, uh, you know, that seems to be a sort of temporary possession. So there, there is a, a wide variety of, of types of possessions too. The ones we usually deal with are these, are these long-standing involuntary possessions where the person doesn't want to be possessed anymore. That's not the case with everybody. Some people will allow it. My God, I feel like I haven't heard MS-13 in like a decade. <laughs> I feel like it was everywhere for like ten for like a year. All yeah. we heard about was how evil MS-13 was. Swear to God, I haven't heard a thing about them in I, at least 10 years, I feel yeah. like. This guy's been rocking for a while, though, because he's talking about some, like, 80s stuff, too. Yeah. So, you know, I do well, MS love thirteen's that. A, yeah, MS-13's a little bit early, I mean, a little bit later than the 80s. I mean, it really was, it was like the Obama administration, I believe. No, just in terms of the length of time he's covering, you right, know. Right, right, he, He's right. covering a lot of time. Yeah. But I do love that for our movie, where... Yeah. The, the kingpin is getting info on snitches from demons. That's unbelievable. It's a great dude. plot All point. of it is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe I've never heard this. Nobody has mentioned to me MS-13 is using demons <laughs> to help in their conquering of territory and the drug trade. That's yeah. incredible. It's wild, dude. It's wild. I don't, I, and once again, you know, I don't know how true any of it is, but it's a good story. It's a great story. Yeah. So next up, Chris, we have a caller and this caller apparently had a friend who got possessed. I had a friend, Kristen, that was in a residential care place by Lambert airport. And it was really spooky to, we seen a ghost in there one night, but we're on a date and, uh, sitting in my car after the day around 10 o'clock around Halloween. And she starts telling me a story about uh, Ouija boards. And she was in LA and at a, a guy's house and he left her to, uh, to go get some supplies and never came back for like three or four days. And she's in there by herself, didn't even know where she was at. And anyway, she, she found this Ouija board and she starts telling me about how this uh, uh, kind of a demonic monster appeared behind her and stuff, and Jeez. it was really spooky. And she asked me to pray for her because I had taken her to my church a few times. And so I, I started to pray for her, and I said, I don't know if I'm qualified for this, uh, but I did. While I did, she started convulsing and, like, speaking weird stuff in Latin and going, like, poof sounds like that. But she had lit up a cigarette and on, on a Bible, the, the cigarette was in my ashtray. I had an old-fashioned car, an old cutlass that had an ashtray, and that cigarette took two puffs on its own, and it started sparking. <laughs> I got scared as well. I said, Kristen, it's time to take you home. I took her. We were only a couple blocks from the care, residential care place. I said, uh, give me a couple of weeks for uh, we talk again. And, but we've talked since, but it, it was a pretty spooky event. I love I don't think I'm qualified for this. <laughs> it's a little beyond me, buddy. Uh, I can try praying for you, but <laughs> you're speaking a lot, dude. I don't know. 
Yeah. Number one, if you're ever hanging out with someone and they leave you in their house for three days, you got to find a new crew. Yeah. Find a new crew. Uh, Don't stay in the house. Yeah. Just leave. (laughs) You can go back to your home. Yeah. But that is, I would be terrified, dude. If you're just hanging out with a girl, he was probably trying to put some moves on or whatever. And then she's like, by the way, I'm possessed by demons. Yeah. No. Is that, is that just a good way to to not have to talk to the guy anymore? So I don't just know. end the night? Is this, is this a lady move? Are they uh, doing this? I'm, I personally have never had a lady friend I was talking to tell me she was possessed to get away from me. So I, I maybe that's good. It's a way more believable version of the like, oh, my friend's like sick or something, you know? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So new new trick that you can pull. Yeah. Well, we got a couple more callers, Chris. This next one says that uh, it's all Christianity's fault and that Christianity is actually just voodoo. If anyone's ever used demon possession or maybe any other kind of uh, paranormal excuse to get out of a date, drop us a line. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear that we story. May have found, we may have found a, a show idea here. Paranormaldate.com. <laughs> except it's different it's different than that one <laughs> yeah it's stories about how people got out of dates yeah using paranormal stuff the thing is it's if you study voodoo which is a religion yes voodoo, yes it is it it overlays perfectly with christianity um matter of fact um christianity can be considered voodoo on steroids whereas christians use Jesus blood, you know, as for redemption or, you know, for sins or to to help them in some kind of, you know, some kind of way. Uh, Voodoo uses an animal, chicken blood. Mm -hmm. You see, the reason why you have all these, um, all these things happening is you open a door, just like with the Ouija board on steroids, it's Christianity. It's Voodoo. What do you think of that, Richard? Well, uh, you know, look, in religious practices, there there often historically have been many controversial things. Uh, uh, You know, um, I certainly would not compare Christianity, though, which has, you know, helped so many people and is based on, you know, some very uh, sound and historical facts that I think are, are undeniable with something like voodoo which which is a kind of dark offshoot i was kind of vibing with where that guy was going dude i mean like he was i thought he made some interesting connections that that's why i wanted to pull that clip because i was like oh weird dude i never thought about it that way well voodoo hoodoo and santeria all have Christian elements in them. They wouldn't be what they are without those Christian elements, right? But most of them are purely, the big bulk of the basis is West African lore, right? And so it's this mixture of West African lore with kind of Christian Catholic sentiments mixed with a little bit of Native American roots right and it makes this big old cauldron of the it's a miasma right it's a pigeon religion and that's p-i-d-g-i-n it's just a mix of different religions and so i think he's absolutely correct to 
to focus in on the 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 importance of blood in both traditions as good protestant christians we don't like to think about the blood of christ right but if we grew up catholic the blood of christ is incredibly important i mean it is they are actually transubstantiating the body of christ when you eat the bread and the blood of Christ when you drink the wine you are drinking the actual you are eating the actual body of Christ and you're drinking his actual blood when you consume him you are cannibalizing Christ this is an incredible thing to think about is it not yeah i think it's it's definitely interesting to compare it in that way when you do think of it as this blood is in itself inherently like a magical thing that has power. I do think he's doing a little bit of victim blaming though, because he's saying that all these Catholics who get possessed are getting possessed because they're playing with what is essentially voodoo and they they're inviting it in. So I don't know if I'm in for the victim blaming necessarily, but I think it's a cool connection he made. Um, I think he just came on a little hot and that's why George shut him down because he definitely cut that collar off. He did. He definitely cut him off. He definitely he's cut like, him nope. off. He's like, way too much of our audience is Christian now. You can't be doing that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I was feeling it. I was feeling yeah. it. I was like, uh oh, dude is on to something here. Yeah, because well, it is weird. It is strange how much. And again, as Protestants, we don't really focus on the power of the blood of Jesus, right? But in Catholicism, it's everywhere, dude. Everywhere. Yeah, because it's all literal, right? It's yeah. not like a, a metaphorical um, yeah. communion that you're taking. It is a very literal, like, blood of Christ that, that you're drinking. Well, and this um, is a huge, and this is a huge thing in the 16 and 1700s when Protestantism starts taking shape, is that the belief in transubstantiation is seen as a like really terrible catholic thing like they consider catholics to be cannibals because they're actually believing that they're turning the body of christ and the blood of christ when they consume the bread and the wine and so this is a huge thing in the anti-catholic world especially in america at this time like Nobody wants Catholics around. Nobody wants poor Catholics, man. They would prefer to have (laughs) Jews in early America than Catholics because of the idea of transubstantiation. It's talked about all the time. It terrifies them. The great, the best part too is that like all of Protestantism branched off of Catholicism, so it's like it's you come from the same place. It's just yeah, it's the same it's stock. Lot, it's the same. Yeah, it's like all right, whatever. Uh, but we do have one last caller, Chris. I want to get to who just thinks all this is just silly nonsense. Next up, let's go to Walt in Pennsylvania. Walter, go ahead. George, with all due respect to Doctor Gallagher. He's obviously, uh, as I was, George, he was obviously a very devout Catholic. And uh, consequently, he undoubtedly is very uh, adherent to the Bible. Now, George, as I've said on the show, evolution is the most proven. It's the most basic tenet of science, George. We are the naked ape, George. Now, 
with all due respect to the doctor, I think that uh, uh, the demon possessions uh, might be termed the schizophrenic or paranoid hypochondria. I think that uh, exorcisms or miraculous cures uh, might be termed, uh, from a modern standpoint of science, the placebo effect. So you're saying it's just mental, Walt. Is that it? Yes, George. As I say, we have to we have to uh, uh, you know adhere to the to the uh, the physical or or the reasonable explanations before we resort to the supernatural. Well, there's no question about that. Doctor Gallagher does that in his psychiatric practice, but there are some cases where you just can't. Richard, I'll let you wrap that up. I mean, really, that's the whole point of the book. I mean, you know, I'm saying that as as a man of science, uh, there are certain things that go beyond materialism. Uh, by the way, the, the caller may may not fully understand uh, that I, I I believe in evolution. I believe in the Big Bang. I believe in science. I was trained in science. Uh, now, not everything can be explained by what we call modern science. There was a lot to get to on that clip. <laughs> it was thick. It was a thick one. My, my first comment is, this is your brain on science. <laughs> like, what are you doing calling into Coast to Coast AM being like, well, first of all, evolution is the thing. And so this makes this bad. I was just like, dude, this is like the guy this guy has a i believe science sign in his front yard like uh, okay like you're just you're just you're you're saying all right i'm not going to believe in the paranormal i'm just going to believe in exactly what scientists tell me and you can do that that's fine but science is wrong sometimes well and i think it can't explain everything I think the bigger point too is that he's calling into coast to coast. That's what I'm saying. It's just silly. It's, like, dude, that's not what this show is. This yeah. is not the show. What is this dude listening to this show for? Is it just so he can be like, oh, I'm more superior than everybody on this show because I believe science and this is all silly? Like, I almost guarantee you that's why this guy listens to it. And I think to. There is this kind of annoying dichotomy that people create of like religion and science have to be at 100% opposing odds where he's right. bringing up evolution and he's bringing yes. up, you know, the fact that we descend from apes. And it's like, you know, the guy who discovered the Big Bang or Big Bang or like created the theory of the Big Bang was a Catholic priest, you know, like the guy who coded DNA is incredibly religious and wrote like a book called The Language of God. These are not. The founder mutually... of genetics is a monk. Yeah, like it's it's not mutually exclusive, you know. These things can interplay together. So I don't think the argument of like the Big Bang is real really refutes what this guy is saying. I think there is an argument to be made for this is a mental illness and there's right. no actual evidence that it's anything else because we would need documented evidence of supernatural events occurring, which... My belief when it comes to exorcisms is that if we had, like, if this was supernatural, we should be able to document that. And I don't know why we don't have proper documentation of it. Well, Paul, and also, I think there is something that, especially in the West, I think Marianne, Marianne Williamson told us, we are dealing 
with dark psychic forces. Marion Williamson shout out, dude. Let's go. And in America, I believe that we are finally about to reap what we've sowed. And we have sowed a lot of dark psychic seeds. And I think Christianity has this hold on us in which we see this as demonic possession, right? And for the lib science guy, they see it as mental illness, right? I don't know if either of them wrong, right? I think they both are right. I think it is a demonic possession that is happening to these people. And I think it is mental illness, right? But what's the difference, right? It's just us calling it a different thing. These people are being subsumed by the society, by the culture, and they're manifesting the ill intent of it all. And I and I truly believe that they probably cannot control it, right? Just as a fact that most of us cannot troll, can control what actually happens to us, what is bombarded at us day in and day out. And so I believe that what we may be seeing is a man manifestation of what we have what we have sowed the seeds that we have sowed manifesting in these people and they are merely pointing us to a direction of this mental this spiritual this psychological psychoses that manifests itself as to Dr. Gallagher, a possession, to the caller, a mental illness. I don't know if it makes sense to actually say, well, one is right and one is wrong. I think it's all the same thing. And I think and this is kind of ultimately the question I wanted to ask after this episode is if we like, I don't necessarily know that this is demons, right? I'm, I don't really think that it is a demon that is like coming up from hell and possessing people. But also, if someone is Catholic and they do believe that whatever is happening to them is a demon and an exorcism does help them, I don't right. really see the problem with it because yeah. it helps them. So I think as long as what's being done is done in a caring way, we're not like strapping people to beds and like starving them. And it's done in a way that is in line with someone's faith. It is an exercise of their faith. So I don't really have a problem with it. Right. It's like, yeah, you know, do your thing, dude. Like do it respectfully and do it in a, in a caring way. And if it is helping people and it sounds like a, a, I can only go off of what he's telling me because I haven't sat in the room, but he's saying that people were cured of whatever they had. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. Well, and for me, it just seems it's, it's, it's much more Carl Jungian, right? It's yeah. much more a, it's like a meme that has metastasized a cancerous meme that has attached itself to your brain. And that's what I think possession may be. Yeah. And again, it's how do you stop a meme from attaching to your brain to, to get, to start gathering and collecting and building inside of your head. That is possession. 
That is demonic possession. There was nothing that you wanted to do, really. Maybe you were messing with some of the stuff or whatever, right? And the meme comes in. But still, it was outside of you. And then it internalizes. It becomes your everyday life. And so, yeah, okay. We can call it mental illness. Great. We can call it possession. Awesome. What are we going to do to fix it? Right. And like you said, maybe an exorcism would help. Right. Because we're dealing with means. We're dealing with the brain. We're not dealing with pure rationality here. There's an underlying structure that is taking place. And so it does like infuriate me a little bit when somebody calls and is like, yeah, but science and evolution and the Big Bang says that this is can't happen. And it's like, Dude, we are dealing with forces here beyond science or beyond modern science. Anything that we can that we can really conceptualize because I think many in science don't want to conceptualize it. It's our same thought as the placebo effect, right? You take a sugar pill and your tumor actually decreases or possibly disappears well they just kind of made it up they just made up their tumor disappearing they just made that up why don't we study that and it's because of these guys who are like well you know evolution says that this can't be possible so uh uh it's dumb and that's it well, Chris, I think we're going to have to wrap it up there. This has been another episode of Coast to Coast PM Spooktober edition. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with give, more. I'm not going to give my five. Oh, sorry. Four? Sorry, you were talking for so Three? long. I forgot where we were. Chris, on a scale of one to five Princeton CIA agents, what do you give Dr. Gallagher? Dude, I actually really liked Dr. Gallagher. If he is what our general populace of spooks look like in the deep state. I may not have all that much problems with the spooks, dude. <laughs> this is a good guy. He's out there doing some work. So I'm going right. to give him like four and a half. Four and a half. I love it, dude. That's what I was wanting spooks. you to listen to him before calling him a spook. Cause I was like, I kind of like this dude. He's a spook. He definitely works for the CIA or some kind of deep state. I have no doubt about that. I mean, working with demons, psychiatry, like, dude, that's all. I mean, again, I hate to say it, very Nazi, dude. Oh, oh my God. Very Nazi oh, my God. Coded. All right. Let's that's not get sued for libel here. All right. So, uh, listen, he seems like a great guy, Dr. Gallagher, Irish last name, so not German, so we're okay. But it's definitely deep state spook central. All right, well, I'm I'm going to give him four out of five, man. I think he's very solid. He is he knows what he's talking about, and I, I think he is also reasonable too. You know, all it, of it. It's what I ask when people talk about stuff like this is that they just rein it in, right? It's not in any, and that's something that bothered me about Malachi Martin. Is Malachi Martin was like, oh, everything's a demon, dude. Are you an right. alcoholic? It's a demon. Uh, do you uh, eat too much? It's it's a demon. Do you smoke too much? It's a demon. It's like, dog, not everything's a demon. Like, calm down. But he does, Malachi's like, I do like a million mini exorcisms a day. And I'm like, stop, 
Stop, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, little, but I do love Malakash, but it's a little too yeah. much. This guy's right. more reined in, and I appreciated it. So we got uh, opposite sides of the spectrum, right? You can yeah. be too religious, or you can be too science. Yeah, man, and it's, it's just like touch. hit the middle, baby. Come on. And no matter what you are, man, just get a little dash of the other side. It evens you out. Yeah. You know, keeps you mellow. Yeah, exactly. Keeps you exactly. from being a troll. It helps. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> don't say like, well, Charles Darwin says, like, if you start an argument like that, I'm not listening to you. It also had nothing to do with the episode. We're having fun with paranormal. Yeah. Stop it. So, Chris, this has been our first Spooktober. We'll be back next week with more spookiness. We're very excited for Spooktober. It's going to be a time. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again soon. All spookiness, all the time. Later.